Amen. Thank you, young people, for being here today. Let's take our Bibles, please. Turn to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. I appreciate your prayers. My wife has COVID and a little gift from the United States we brought back. But let's continue to pray for her. And she has actually done her self-isolation. She just wasn't feeling very well today still. So continue to pray and maybe we'll see her tonight. I'm not sure. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do on purpose today, and I, I know you've heard this before, I'm going to try to be very short on purpose, and uh, you know, you say that, but it, sometimes, sometimes we, uh, we have special days like Mother's Day and things like that, and I, I, I understand that folks have dinners to get to and all the rest, and, and uh, I don't think, in my heart anyway, I don't think anything ever should become before church and the worship and the Lord, and we should make sure that we keep that first and foremost but I also understand that the Lord has given us families and how important our families are. And so we want you to have the opportunity to minister to them. And uh, especially if you have unsaved family, it's important that you go and minister to them and try to encourage them in the Lord. And so we'll try to make sure that we're out of here in a recent good time today. And when church is over, I'm going to suggest that all the men stay in their seats. You do not want to get hit in the stampede to the chocolate. And so please do not come between a lady and her chocolate, all right? I thought that alone would get my wife out of her sickbed, but it didn't work. Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 1. You know, when, I, when we think of mothers in the Bible, certainly a few come to mind, don't they? Immediately my mind goes to Hannah, the woman that prayed and wept at the altar uh, to get a son from God that she could give him back and be used for God's glory. That's a wonderful story. One of my favorite stories in the Bible to see this woman of prayer and how God used her life. And I also think of Naomi. I don't know why she pops in my mind, but the mother-in-law of Ruth, and we see some, some good character traits in her life. But I think probably the most famous mother in the Bible is Mary, the mother of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we want to look this morning at a few minutes at Mary, a chosen vessel of God. And turn, if you will, to Luke chapter 1, and I'm not going to read the whole chapter, there's a lot of verses here, but if you were to read verses 26 through verse 39, you would find that the angel Gabriel appears to Mary. And of course, it was a startling experience, and Mary wondered in her heart what manner of salutation this may be. And the angel said, fear not, Mary, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. And he shares with her that she would give birth to the Christ child. The Messiah. Well, Mary had some questions, didn't she? How can this be, since I know not a man? There was no husband involved yet, and she was only betrothed to Joseph, and so she had not yet committed herself in marriage, and she had kept herself pure. And of course, that's the fulfillment of prophecy that the Christ child would be born of a virgin. And he said that the Holy Ghost should overshadow her, and she would conceive of the Holy Ghost. Well, the Bible says that Mary arose in verse 39. And she went with haste to see her cousin Elizabeth. And that's where we'll pick up the story. It says, And Mary rose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost, and she spake out loud with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. 
And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believeth, believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Isn't that interesting in verse 45 that Elizabeth identifies that Mary had to believe in order for the Lord to do this great work in her life? You know, the Lord Jesus Christ came into different cities and there was times where he would say, the Bible says that he did not many works there because of their unbelief. Faith is so important if we're to see the Lord work. And it was no different with Mary and Elizabeth identifies with that and says, it's wonderful that you believed as you were told, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Verse 46, we see Mary's response. The Bible says, and Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord and my spirit hath rejoiced in God, my savior. For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden, for behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him upon generation to generation. He hath showed strength with his arm, he hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He hath hope in his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. He, as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever, and Mary abode with her about three months and returned to her own house. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the word today, and we pray that you would help us with it. Lord, though we speak of Mary, God's chosen vessel, and she's a great example to the ladies in our congregation, I pray that she's also a great example to our men as well. Lord, may we see these character traits of a, a woman that God used greatly for his glory. Lord, may we make application in our lives, and Lord, I pray that more than our efforts, may the Holy Spirit apply it. Change us and make us more like Jesus as we learned about this Christ-like lady. And Father, we'll thank you for all these things. I pray that the Spirit of God would fill me and help me today. I need you desperately. We'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, Mary has a unique story as a mother. There was no earthly father. That'd be a hard story to sell, wouldn't it? To go home and say that she was expecting a child and the child was of the Holy Ghost and I'm sure there were some many challenges that surrounded that story, and perhaps even she became an outcast. But Mary's story is unique in another way. She had a perfect son. Think about that. Not many could testify about having a perfect child here today. We go through the terrible twos, the terrible threes, the horrible fours, and that's nothing compared to being a teenager. I sometimes laugh at new parents. So they'll have this little baby, this little six, seven pound baby, and that baby's crying. And they say, they always, they always say the same thing. Boy, they got a set of lungs on them. I thought, you ain't seen nothing yet. Wait till they're two years old throwing a tantrum in Walmart. Then you'll know what lungs are all about. This is nothing. 
Mary didn't have those challenges with Jesus. He was sinless and perfect. She, she knew of those challenges from her other children. Can you imagine being a brother or sister? Why can't you be more like Jesus? Boy, that'd be hard to hear all the time, wouldn't it? But the truth is, all of us should strive to be more like Jesus. We should all try to identify with those character traits and, and, and achieve. The Bible says we are conformed, uh, we are predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Jesus never, ever did wrong. He never sinned. He never sassed his mother. He even said some unique things along the way, like I, I must be about my father's business. That'd be puzzling. How does a mother take that from a 12-year-old, knowing that he is the son of God and knowing that he is perfect and sinless and he doesn't mean anything disrespectful when he says it? I must be about my father's business. But despite her son's perfection, Mary still understood the trials and pain of motherhood. I'm not speaking about the other children. I'm talking about Jesus. She witnessed as her son performed miracle after miracle and grew in popularity. And she, she had the pride of a mother seeing her son do the will and work of God. But she also watched as a mother as her son was tortured to death on a Roman cross. She knew the highs and lows of being a mother. She never dealt with rebellion, but she certainly knew the pain of watching a child die. What a horrible, horrible thing that Mary had to experience. But here's the thing behind all of it. God handpicked this young lady because he knew that she could get through it all. He knew that she could bear the criticism of being an unwed mother. He knew that she could suffer the pain and the agony of watching her son die on the cross and yet come through the other side knowing that he was the son of God, that he was the joy of her salvation and that she would see, her, see him again. He handpicked Mary because of some character traits in her life. And I don't, I don't believe that God chose Mary and then we see what comes next. Instead, I believe that he chose Mary because of what already existed in her life. She was a chosen vessel. And I'll say to you the same thing that I would say to young people and teenagers. Live a life that is a, a vessel of God's mercy and grace. A life that is clean and holy and separated unto God. And I, and I promise you this, God will use you. God will bless you. We had the privilege this last week of going to California to see our son graduate from Bible college. And it was such a blessing to, to see how he has grown. And, and Austin's a clown. He really is. And uh, we met some of his friends and we found out it's a whole college of clowns. That's what we learned but I also noticed some marks of growth in his life. I noticed how serious he is about the Lord and how different things have changed over the last few years. And he's more serious about seeing souls saved and more serious about preaching. And, and I've seen how God can use that. He just told us last night and just 
just a little while. He, he's been, you know, listen, I, I'm not saying this is the be-all and end-all. God has allowed him to go to Hawaii three different times to serve in the ministry. Next month, or in just two weeks from now, he'll be going to Egypt to sing to hundreds of pastors that will gather there. You need to pray for that, by the way. It's a very dangerous, dangerous place for pastors to gather. He just told us last night that the college is sending him in July to Australia to represent the college at a church conference there. Isn't it amazing what the Lord will take a clown that surrenders to be used for his glory? (laughs) Romans 1 says he takes the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. I'm just so thankful And I'm thankful that when I see in our church and in the lives of our people when we surrender what God can do. And we see a great example of it in the life of Mary. And I just want to give you three characteristic traits and I I will try my very best to be short. Here's number one. She had a humble spirit. She had a humble spirit. You know what the Bible says about humility? Let's look at the flip side. God resisteth the proud but he giveth grace to the humble. He resists the proud. If you have pride in your life, I'm not saying God won't use you, but you're going to be throttled back somewhat. God is going to resist you. And let me tell you this, with almighty God, it doesn't take much for him to put his finger on our tail and hold us from running too far. With all his might and all his power, he can stop us from being productive if we have pride in our lives. But we see in the life of Mary a humble spirit. The Bible says in verse 48 of our text this morning, For he hath regarded, notice her her song to Elizabeth, For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name, and his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. Notice some words that jump out at me this morning, sir. First of all, she says, he has regarded the lowest state. The word lowest state or the phrase lowest state means a recognized unworthiness. Mary was saying, who am I? I'm just a little girl from Galilee. I I don't have any special characteristics. I I, I have a low estate. I'm unworthy. God, God, why would you pick me? It was a, a realization of her own spiritual deficiency and her need for God. Years ago, I had a church in Michigan call me. And they said, hey, Pastor Fury, they said, um, we're wondering if you knew this fella. And they gave me the name. And I said, yeah, I, I know him. I know of him. He says, we're just a small church. And he says, we're trying to kind of get off the ground and get started. We wanted to have some meetings. And somebody said, ask this preacher to come if you're looking for a preacher. And so we did. And they said, he says, you know, we don't have a lot of money. We put him in a motel. He says it was a comfort inn. And he says, we, we thought that would be nice. And we, we went and looked. It's clean. It's nice. It's only been there a couple of years. And we thought it was a nice motel. And so we thought that would be sufficient. He said, we don't have a lot. But we we're just excited about having some meetings and, and 
trying to do something in our town. He says, the preacher called me and he says, I noticed on the map that you gave me that there's a Hilton Hotel across the street. I'd prefer to stay there. Could you change my reservation and put me in that hotel instead? And he says, it kind of broke our heart. He says, we actually had to save a couple months just to be able to afford a motel and a love offering and take care of his needs while he was here. And he says, this room is an extra $100 a night for the three nights he's here. And he says, I, we went ahead and did it. He says, but I just want to know, is, is this going to be a help to our church or is it going to hurt us? And that's sad. Shortly after that, I called another preacher, asked him to come here. It was Pastor McLean. And I said, hey, Pastor. I always call him Doc. Hey, Doc. I said, we're, we're doing a missions conference. This was about six, seven years ago. I said, we'd love if you'd come next April. And he'd been to Iran and all kinds of places and preached there. And I said, I'd love for you to come. The Lord just laid you on my heart. His answer was this. Al, why do you want me? You, you don't, you, there's got to be a better preacher out there. You don't want me. I thought in my heart, that's exactly who I want right there. The one that says, I'm not worthy. God hath regarded her lowest state. She says, well, who am I that God could use me? Who am I that the Lord would shine upon me? She called herself a handmaiden. A handmaiden was a female slave or a servant. She was deeply aware of who she was and who she wasn't. She says, I am blessed. She says, every generation shall call me blessed. And, and I know there's those today, the Roman Catholics will call her the blessed Virgin Mary. They have venerated her and made her almost like a deity. Uh, they call it the, uh, they put her at equal with the triune God. But friends, I don't believe Mary was saying I'm the blessed Mary. She's saying I'm just blessed. God has blessed me. Why would he regard me? Who am I? We see that Mary had a humble spirit. God resists the proud. He exalts the humble. We see that a humble spirit in this passage that we're looking at this morning recognizes the need for mercy. In verse 50, she says, "In his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. You see, the proud don't think they need help. But this humble mother of the Lord Jesus Christ understood her need for mercy. She's saying, I'm not perfect. I'm a sinner just like everybody else. And I need God's mercy. It's interesting how when you try to help somebody, you can only help somebody that realizes they need help. You can only minister to those who realize that they're lost and they need Jesus Christ and they, they need the mercy of God. And sometimes we try to help somebody and they say, well, I don't see there's no problem here. There's, there's nothing wrong. And I, I remember a, a similar story with Pastor McLean where he was bothered by a, another preacher that had a lot of pride. And I remember also meeting with that same preacher and thinking much the same. And he talked to me about it one day, and he said, I don't know what to do. And he said, well, maybe I should talk to him. So he prayed about it, and he talked to him. <laughs> that preacher came to me upset. He said, I don't see it. I don't see any pride. 
I, I don't know what he's talking about. I've searched my heart. I've searched my life. I don't see it. But everybody else did. Mary was the first to notice that she was a handmaiden of low estate, that she was in need of mercy just like everybody else. She was no better. She perhaps was able to look around at the other girls in her town and say, why not her, Lord? Why did you pick me and not her? I know Elizabeth down the street, and I know Sarah over here, and, and those girls, they've memorized more verses than I have, and, and they, they're more faithful to things than I am, and, and, and why me, Lord? Because God resisted the proud and gives grace to the humble. She recognized her need of mercy. A humble spirit recognizes the need for mercy, but it also realizes the foolishness of pride. Verse 51, she says, he has showed strength in his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. I wonder if she's speaking from some experience. And so while you're talking about Mary being having a humble spirit, but sometimes we get a humble spirit because we get humbled. I wonder if there was a time in her life where she had a little bit of pride. Perhaps, I'm not, I'm not trying to speak ill of Mary. I'm not trying to put anything on her. The Bible doesn't say about her. But I've learned from my own experience that when we, when we think our, we are something, the Bible says, take heed lest ye fall. Pride cometh before destruction. And Mary says he has scattered the proud in the imaginations of their hearts. Maybe like Mary, like everybody else, had to learn Humility. Perhaps growing up, she was good at something. Maybe she excelled in school. Maybe she was more athletic than the other kids. I don't know. But something in her life brought her to a place of humility. Turn, if you will, to Proverbs chapter 31. When Mary speaks of pride, in verse 51 of Luke chapter 1, the sense that we get is that it's to put yourself before the needs of others. Pride that puts your needs before the needs of others. Every mother and father here ought to know that that's not successful parenting. We try to always put the needs of our children first. We try to help them, exalt, uh, bring them along and, and give them praise when they need it and rebuke when they need it and try to help them along. But we see in Mary the life of a Proverbs 31 woman. The Bible says in verse 10 of Proverbs 31, who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her so that she shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant's ship. She bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considereth a field and buyeth it with the fruit of her hands. She planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth with her arms. She Perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. She stretched out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. 
Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing and, else shall, and, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, let her own works praise her in the gates. Mary, who had a humble spirit, she was not proud. And Proverbs 10.31 speaks of a woman that always puts the needs of others first. That was Mary. Not only did Mary have a humble spirit, we see in Luke chapter 1, she had a heart of praise. A heart of praise. Verse 46. Notice with me. And Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord. And my spirit hath rejoiced in God, my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. Notice those phrases, magnify the Lord. I rejoiced in God, my Savior. Let's be honest. Most of us in this room today, if we found ourselves in Mary's condition, would say, oh no, what am I going to do now? How am I going to tell mom and dad? How am I going to tell Joseph? Is anybody going to believe this story? But Mary, with a quiet and meek and humble spirit, said, I rejoiced in the Lord. My soul doth magnify the Lord. She had a heart of praise. There's some reasons why in verse 48 we see she had a heart of praise for he sees. For he hath regarded the lowest state. Hey, you ever wonder if God cares? He sees everything you're doing. He knows your pain. He knows your suffering. And so Mary would praise him because he looked upon her in her humility he looked upon her when she thought she was nothing and perhaps even had doubts of whether she could be used of God. God looked down upon her and he saw her and he called her. She had a heart of praise for he sees. She has a heart of praise for his strength. In verse 49, for he that is mighty hath done to me great things and holy is his name. Verse 51, the Bible says he has showed strength with his arm. He showed strength to her personally. He showed strength toward the prideful when he scattered them. She says, he's taking care of me, and he's taking care of my enemies. Oh, Mary would account her prideful people, wouldn't she? You ever heard of anybody called a Pharisee? What do you think they'd think of Mary's pregnancy? They would say the law says we should take her out and stone her. Joseph, you should divorce her. You should put her away. There's all kinds of dissenting voices. But Mary says, God will take care of the prideful. And he'll take care of me personally. She had a heart of praise, for he sees for his strength and for his supply. Verse 52, he hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. She's talking about herself, I believe. 
He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent empty away. He has holpen or helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. He's a God who supplies. But notice this, she had a heart of praise for he sees, for his strength, for his supply. I like this, for his speech. Verse 55, as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. She's saying, he spoke to our fathers, he spoke to Abraham, and he spoke to me. And isn't that a blessing? Her humble spirit helped her see some things about her God. And because of it, it generated a heart of praise because he sees me and his strength is sufficient and he supplies all my needs, but he also speaks with me. What a God. Boy, we can learn a lot from Mary. Not only did we see a humble spirit and a heart of praise, but we see a holy life. A holy life. Look back, if you will, in Luke chapter 1, verse 28. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. There was a greater reason that Mary was used of God. And it is actually the root of her humble spirit and the root of her heart of praise. It was because the Lord was with her. She lived a life that allowed God in. It was a clean vessel. God doesn't use dirty vessels. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, but in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. That's exactly what we see in the life of Mary when the angel said to her, Thou hast found favor with God. Not because of her talents. Not because she could sing better than somebody else. Not because she'd memorized more scripture. Not because of any family lineage, who her father was. Not because she came from royalty. But simply because she was surrendered to God. Oh, I know the lineage is important. But I mean to say that her father was no diplomat. He was no priest or king. Just a lowly, humble, Galilean family. And God used her because she was separated unto God. Her response to the angel was, Let it be under the handmaid in the Lord. Go ahead. Whatever God wants, I'll do it. She surrendered readily. Look at verse 38. What a great verse. I just kind of semi-quoted it. Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. She, rejoiced, she surrendered with rejoicing. We've already read her song of praise. 
You know, the true mark of surrender, some people say we, when we surrender, we must do it with speed. No, the true mark of obedience is doing it right away. The true mark of surrender is whether we do it with joy. I've seen a lot of people obey, but they're really not surrendered. I, I, I see that in my home. Josh, go clean your room. And he goes and cleans his room. He don't don't like it, but he does it. He's obedient, but he may not be surrendered. When we surrender, we have a joy. Because we understand, I'm I'm just the handmaiden of the Lord. God, if regarded my lowest state, I, I I don't have to pray, I get to pray. I don't have to go to church, I get to go to church. I don't have to work in the Sunday school. I get to work in the Sunday school. A surrendered heart and a surrendered life is marked with rejoicing. You know, we don't venerate or deify Mary as some do, but certainly we can learn from this godly lady. We see a life that had a humble spirit and a heart of praise, all because it started with a holy life, separated unto God. My prayer today that she'd be an example, not just to moms today, but to all of us. I, I, I would dare say that at the end of our lives, if we don't realize it today, that at the end of our lives, we're all going to say, I wish I'd given him more. I wish I'd done more for Christ. I believe it was the missionary, Hudson Taylor, that said, Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Mary gave her life, everything she could to serve her Savior. Started with humility and a holy life separated unto God. And not only did she do it in obedience, she did it with full surrender and rejoicing. What a privilege, what a joy to serve Jesus Christ. Let's bow this morning for a word of prayer. So we go to prayer this morning, the altar's open even now, if God has spoke to your heart. Ultimately, ultimately, we strive to be like Jesus Christ. But God gives us, in the word of God, those that we can learn from, those that we can pattern after. The Apostle Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And so, as we look at the life of Mary this morning, there's some things that we can learn. Maybe you're wondering today, why why do I keep hitting these brick walls? Why do I seem throttled back in my service? Is it a matter of pride? God resisteth the proud, giveth grace to the humble. Maybe we need to examine our hearts today. Maybe there's some here today say, you know, I I serve. But every time I'm asked to go sit in that nursery, I go, oh, great. Every time I'm asked to help in a class, every time I'm encouraged to jump on a bus, every time I hear about visitation night, think, oh, I got other things I need to do. I'll go, but I'm not thrilled about it. 
How's your heart? Have you surrendered rejoicing? Let's stand to our feet this morning. Some are praying. Let me ask you this, friend. Do you know Jesus as your Savior? I heard somebody say this one time. Mary was the first to carry the gospel. The gospel, of course, is that Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and he rose, was buried and rose again on the third day according to the Scriptures, 1 Corinthians 15. And if you don't know Jesus as your Savior today, you can't even start where Mary was. You can't be holy on your own. You're relying upon your self-righteousness. But by trusting in Jesus Christ, he can forgive you of your sins and wash you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You can be clothed in the righteousness of Christ. And then and only then can you stand before God. Could we help you today? Is there one say, Pastor, I'm not sure I'm saved. If I were to die today, I don't know where I'd spend eternity. Can we help you today? I just want to pray with you. Pray and ask God to show you your need of a Savior. We'll take a Bible and answer any questions that you have. Is there one? Just slip up your hand all across this room.